Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by DC Pearson of Derek Comedy for a special supersized Max Fun Drive edition of the show. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am the host of the program, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Uh, Jordan Morris, boy detective. We welcome you. The audience to our program. <laughs> yeah, before we were all about shutting you out. But now, but now we we're bringing you in. It would be a better strategy. In. We're like a funnel or some quicksand. Yeah. We're quicksand radio. <laughs> quicksand broadcasting? Sure. I was going to say, like, late period Captain Beefheart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jordan. Yeah. I just, whatever you, whatever you want to do, Jordan. I just, whatever yeah. you want to do. I don't think I'll say that, though. I like the idea that we would be taking, like, uh, you know how there's professional television and radio producers Mm -hmm. that know what people like and then guide talent to do the things that people like? I'm kind of aware of this concept, yes. What if those people worked on Jordan Jesse Go and encouraged us to be more welcoming in the introduction? Uh, I mean, I would say that they were full of shit and kick them out. Really? Oh, yeah. It's one of my trademark tantrums, temper tantrums. In one of your trademark temper tantrums, you would tell them that they were full of shit and kick them out? No, totally. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. That sounds unpleasant. I don't care how many hits they've made. I don't care if they rocketed Dharma and Greg to the top of the television (laughs) charts. I'm not going to do that. To be fair, they did rocket Dharma and Greg to the top of the television charts. Uh, well, I, I don't care. I don't know Dharma from, uh... You don't know Dharma and Greg from the Dharma bums. Exactly. How about that? Thank you. Joining us this week on Jordan Jesse Go, uh, you might know him from the, uh, incredibly popular sketch comedy group Derek Comedy. Uh, you might know him from his novel, The Boy Who Couldn't Sleep and Never Had To. You might know him as a genial man about town. Hmm. Please welcome D.C. Pearson to the program. How's it going, everybody? Thank you for having me on Quicksand Radio. It's a pleasure to have you. I think you may be confused as to the title of the show. That was actually a metaphor. Oh, okay. I thought that was like the name of the show, like Quicksand Radio. No. Get pulled down (laughs) into the quagmire. If you're lucky, we'll throw you a branch. (laughs) (laughs) Don't struggle. You'll just get more sucked in. Cutting you a vine. (laughs) <laughs> this is why we brought the machete. I'm glad that there are things This in was the... a hazard in Super Mario 2. <laughs> it's something that every kid imagines is going to happen on the playground <laughs> when it rains. I hope you've got your flying boots. Is, is that something from real? Super Mario 2? Uh, I don't think so. I th- what is you could fly in Super Mario 2 though, right? Isn't uh, that, wasn't I that think the that's difference? 3. I think 3 yeah. they had oh. like the Tanuki suit which was like the raccoon suit I feel like. Sure. And the then Tanuki there was one that you could tune in turn into stone. That might be the same one actually. I was thinking which one I had the, the Tanuki general, suit. The general <laughs> raccoon suit allowed for flight. Oh really? Okay. Tanuki suit same properties as the raccoon suit 
also added statue transfer. Right, there we go. Okay, That's I'm sorry. Oh my god, you guys would have gotten such letters. Yeah. Jordan, can you clarify the difference between the standard raccoon and tanuki suits? <laughs> yes, I can, Jesse. There's a very simple rhyme that I like to say. <laughs> Just read the FAQ on Jordan's website, okay? Yeah, we don't exactly. he, don't make him go into this again. Uh, you, have, you raise a good question, though. Is quicksand, in fact, a real thing, or is it just the uh, fabrication from, like, Doc Savage uh, Yeah, you know, right, it's from 30s, from 30s Serials, adventure yeah. movies. I think it's halfway in between a real thing and not a real thing. I think that what it is, I think there is such a thing as quicksand. This is my theory. Okay. It's, it's not based on anything. I want to make that clear. Okay. I think there is such a thing as quicksand... But that the primary, like, our understanding of quicksand has exclusively been formed by an... Just like there is such a thing Mm -hmm. as a killer ape. Yeah. But it's unlikely to bend the bars and climb up the Empire State Building. Okay, yeah, I, I could I could see that. So basically what you're saying is, like, quicksand is just the one example of, like, the genre, but there's a whole other... It's really more sophisticated than that. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think in the movies a lot of things become more violent, uh, more deadly, like King Kong. I think that quicksand is a lot more like uh, Coco, the gorilla, in that you can teach it sign language. Sure. Is Coco the one from, from Congo, or is that a real-life gorilla? Coco oh, the real gorilla life. is the gorilla that Amy was... Amy was the gorilla in Congo. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Coco the gorilla... Hey, Jordan. Yeah. What was the name of that gorilla in Congo again? Tanuki Sue. <laughs> <laughs> she could transform into a statue. Tim Curry was involved. Um, Suit of raccoon. Sure. Fly to the moon. <laughs> uh, quick Suit sand. of Tanuki transformed to a statue. <laughs> That's the little. Is that like like uh, leaves of three? Yeah, yeah. Tanuki suit (laughs) for free. Yeah, (laughs) for free. Uh, Quicksand, also a uh, a trance anthem by Darude. That's very that was very popular in like 1999 on Jock Jams, which I'm sure you would know it if you heard it. It's like the seminal. It's like the one that's like. That one? Or is that just every trance song? I don't know. I don't know. Wait, uh, is it my trance one? acapella group is not going well, by the way. <laughs> Do you see, is this, is this the one that goes... Y'all ready for this? No, no, that's y'all ready for this. No? You're thinking of y'all ready for this. I am? Okay, is it the one that goes... Upside down and inside out. I'm about to show all you folks what it's all about, because it's time for me to get on the mic and make this motherfucking party hype. Taking it back to the old school, because I'm an old fool who's so cool. If you want to get down, let me show you the way. Woomp. There it is. Uh, You're thinking of woomp, begin parentheses, there it is, end parentheses. Come on, ride the train. Come on and ride it. That was it. That yes, was that's it. it. That's quicksand. Okay. That, that, yeah, that, uh, that's quicksand. Uh, what was oh man, Quad City DJs remix. Can I point out that um, I I saw Martin Lawrence on the Conan O'Brien program, mm-hmm. which by the way I've been watching a lot of, and I really enjoy. I think it's a really um, uh, I, I think that a, a large scale failure, and I don't mean that as an insult. Um, a large scale scale failure has wiped the kind of fear out of Conan O'Brien, which I thought was, you know, the thing that led to his his worst on-camera habits, I think. The, the, he was always seemed a little bit scared that, that people weren't going to like it. I feel like now... And that if maybe something, if something fell flat, he would just do some weird dancing to get applause. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's sure. exactly what I'm talking about. And I feel like now that he's in this warmer environment... 
uh, he's a he's a much warmer host. I think he's doing a. I mean, I always thought he was brilliant and funny, but I really like his new show. Really enjoy it. But I saw Martin Lawrence on. Um, I saw Martin Lawrence on this program, and um, first of all, I don't know. I do not understand what Martin Lawrence's role is. Just in contemporary American popular culture, like what is his place? Who is Martin Lawrence now? Yeah, what is? You know, I guess what maybe will help us understand that is what has he done between Big Mama movies, if anything, or has he just gone? Oh, from I thought Big you were going to say like, well, what will help us understand that is what isn't Martin Lawrence? If we just strip away everything <laughs> he name, isn't, then we things. will reveal what he is. That's Celebrity very Socratic chef, of you or something. He is He's not, not in fact Bobby Flay. We can cross that off the list. You guys can't see it home, but Jordan has an enormous chalkboard behind him with every noun it's and adjective. Really <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's going to cross them off one by Let's one until on we determine what he is. So He's I, not a legume. I nope. do want to talk about what Martin Lawrence's role in this society is, but I he played a clip from Big Mama's house. Daddy's Boy, or whatever the new yeah. Big Mama's House film is. It's Big is. Mama's House 3, Grandma's Boy. It's the crossover of the Grandma's Boy <laughs> and, and the Big Mama's House first. Finally. Uh, can I, am, I, I mean, am, I, am I alone on this? Finally. No, it's like Alien versus Predator. Yeah, of the, it, that of was the, coming for a decade. Of the broad comedy world. Yeah, Before exactly. it actually got made. The fans, were, the fans wanted it. He played a clip from the film, and the punchline of it, it was him in the old lady Big Mama suit. He was, for some reason, it, unexplained, it was only a clip, he was an artist's model. Sure, a nude model. A nude model. And the punchline of this clip was him as Big Mama naked, his, the, the sheet that it was strapped over him, her, fell, and he said, whoops, there it is. <laughs> he made a whoop, there it is joke. In 2011... This is, to be perfectly frank, a joke that would not have been appropriate in terms of timeliness had he made it on the television program Martin on the Fox Network. Well, here's, I think, another question. Okay. Does the Big Mama suit have fuck capabilities? Can you... Fuck the Big Mama suit. Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing that immediately, when I hear you describing that clip, I'm like, well, what that implies when then is that Big underneath, Mama. yeah, underneath that dress, there's like a naked. You can, it's photo, to completely photorealistic right, to, to where it would it would fool this class of artists. Yeah, they're not being shocked. Like, oh my god, that's it's a, a man. That's a guy in a in an old lady suit that only holds up underneath her clothes. It's like that's actually a naked. As far as they're concerned, that's just a naked old lady. Like yeah. that's what they're playing there in that moment maybe the concern is that the <laughs> the criminals that big mama is after are such dastardly criminals that they would try and rape her and they don't even want that to stop the investigation they're like if you are assaulted <laughs> and your clothes are ripped off we want we want the big mama facade to still hold up well You're, i guess yeah go ahead are you suggesting a sort of big mama's house special victims unit I'm suggesting a Big Mama's House funky victims unit. <laughs> they, um, Conan, Conan, it, it, it was a, such an odd thing to see on television because Martin Lawrence, of course, is known for acting crazy on both on stage. He does a lot of running around and yelling and in life where he was stripped himself naked and ran down the Santa Monica promenade 
brandishing some sort of weapon. Sure. Uh, possibly a handgun. I don't remember exactly what the circumstances I think were. it was a katana. Was it a katana? I think it was a katana. It's yeah, hard if I remember to tell, correctly. It's hard to tell what is the Tracy Morgan 30 Rock behavior and what yeah. is the crazy behavior that that is referencing. The yeah. line is being blurred. But anyway, he's done some crazy things, but he, was, he seemed to be actively trying to be sedate on the Conan O'Brien program. But what's distressing about that specifically is that he was describing things from Big Mama's house. So he's sort of speaking like uh, – he's like trying to – he's talking about, you know, uh, what a reasonable guy he is in his tone. But in his content, he's describing the difference between the fat old lady suit that he wears to be uh, Big Mama just on a day-to-day basis and the special saggy tits uh, displayed on camera – uh, fat old lady suit that he wore for the nude scene. Yeah, he's a craftsman. I mean, he's an artisan. This is what he does. You know what I mean? He views it with a, with a sort of dispassionate, you know, air that you would need to have to really make a good Big, Big Mama's House movie. You couldn't think, get involved in the ridiculousness of it. Well, you start just, thinking about one thing that's ridiculous about that, that whole thing falls apart. You gotta view everything like <laughs> it all makes sense. Ever since Martin Lawrence read the book Shop Class as Soulcraft, um, he's really believed in making things with his hands. Sure, Zen in the art of say. Big Mama cycle maintenance. <laughs> But he made it clear that there is no uh, vagina on the suit. He said it's like oh, a Barbie okay. doll. But there are old lady tits on it. Huh. Do you see... I, I mean, does it change the... I mean, I assume that the Big Mama's house is... It's pretty important to this franchise that it be PG-13. Can you show false fat suit tits and it still achieve that rating? I presume that he's probably like immediately... It's like you don't see it. It's just sort of implied. Well, they didn't no. show it on television. Right. But, because they can't show it on television. But I don't know what they did in real life. But what's more, the greatest mystery to me mm-hmm. about Martin Lawrence is, is, is not what he shows or doesn't show in Big Mama's house. It's who is he in the world of American popular culture, especially in 2011. Because, look, there was a time... In 1993, when it was clear what he was, he was a very popular African-American comedian of the swearing variety. He was not really a crossover act. Um, He was mostly, he he had reached the peak of African-American specific comedy. Then Martin happened, that was the essentially the peak of African-American sitcom world. It was the equivalent of the Steve Harvey show, you know, one of these shows that's famous for being number one in African-American households and number 79 overall. Um, but then he became a monstrous movie star. Is this Bad Boys you're talking about? Is this with Bad Boys? He was making like... Him and Chris Tucker, I think, are the icons of just people in Hollywood being like, I don't know... We need a black guy. Get whatever the black guy is and give him $20 <laughs> they're, million. Dollars. They're also kings of improvisational dialogue that was clearly hilarious on set, but absolutely <laughs> makes no sense in retrospect, which is my take on the Bad Boys franchise. And I don't know to what extent, like, I don't really know to what extent he truly crossed over to the point where white people wanted to see him. Like, I don't know t- how much of a... Uh, I don't know how much of like a Will Smith he ever became. Like he took a swing at it with that one where 
It was a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, but with Martin Lawrence. You're talking about Black, oh, Black Knight. Knight. Yeah. I mean, he... But he was he was starring in, like, The Bad Boys was like a $200 million movie, and he was getting paid $25 million to be in movies for a minute there. And then he did the thing where he was waving the katana or gun, we can't remember, running around naked on the Santa Monica Promenade sometime after Black Knight, if I remember correctly. I think it was a gun-tana. In retrospect, yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a gun taped to a katana instead yeah, yeah, of the... I think so. So the thing that would make the gun work, you couldn't actually reach no, from it, the hilt of the katana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an ineffective weapon made by a crazy person. Ah, fair enough. Um, but now, and that seemed to be, in from what I could tell, that was like, okay... Then all of the all of the like sixty year old incredibly rich people that decide who gets paid fifteen million dollars to be in a movie were like, okay, well he's off the list. We'll find a more friendly black person to be the black guy in our movie that needs a black person. Although, you know what you I know, mean? I think I think it was less the bizarre behavior and more just that his solo outings are. Fa- I mean, I think Black Knight is a failure. Of a a failure. It's kind of one of those. Oh, we overpaid a guy for a cheap comedy. Right. And Which, you know, com- this these cheap comedies should cost ten million dollars, but he was that? getting paid twelve yeah, million. Right. So this is now So he priced himself out of the goofy that price of comedy market, essentially, is what I you're think saying. So yeah, but I mean obviously the mama movies are in that vein. So but I don't he know hasn't but Big Mama's house I mean that movie came out like ten years ago, didn't it? I think this is that's we've had a decade of mama. <laughs> So, Big mama. so the a decade of is, mama at Lincoln Center <laughs> in 2011, and then people, uh, and then people come. Uh, a lot of uh, white people come and are disappointed that it's not a mama's family reunion. <laughs> They're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> well, it's spelled differently, right? Isn't mama's family M A M A? Is it? Oh, I don't know. Well, how Good is question. mama's Big Mama's Big Mama's M O M M A? Oh, is that a race thing? Do you think? Uh, no, I don't know. Maybe it's like a um. Is no, I don't like know. I have no the idea. Soap directly or using a washcloth? I don't know. I have no that causes more confusion because then, uh, then, then highfalutin rich people show up. They're like, I thought this was a big MoMA. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that normal tiny MoMA. No, I was hoping. I for thought a it was a big MoMA, MoMA in a house somehow. Yeah. With, well. All right, we'll still donate. Okay, yeah, we should cut probably the cut them a check. Yeah, and uh, that's a really good question, though, Jesse. I I don't know what. Or I think more importantly, like, how does he view himself? Like, what does he right. think? Like, what's the net? What's the trajectory? Like, what's the Martin Lawrence thing when he goes to sleep or when he wakes up in the morning? I really don't know. That's really interesting. I mean, he was never. Uh, he was ne- never offered insights. Is the is the appeal of Martin Lawrence maybe that he can he can be really blue and still seem a little bit sweet? Maybe is that what he has going for him? Yeah, I don't know. Uh and maybe this is something what has uh what what I've been trying to wrap my head around when I watch the trailers for Big Mama's House 3 Mama's fat ass. Uh-huh. Is the byline do it right? <laughs> Um, is how little he affects his voice when he's mama. <laughs> a little bit, but not really. He's not really... He's just kind of talking in a higher version of his voice. Like, it's not... <laughs> he doesn't 
go out of his way to He doesn't disappear sound like into mama, right. Yeah. Like, well, is the there... thing is, when you're doing something like that, you want to get out of the way and let the saggy old lady fat suit do the comedy for you. Sure. <laughs> right? I re- yeah, you don't wake up and spend six hours in the chair getting that big mama suit on and then still work. You're like, the work is done once I have the suit on. I should just be able to walk around in front of the camera, and the laughs will come. You can only right. confuse people by adding things. Yeah, he's like, I am, the, <laughs> I am the straight man to this suit. This suit and I are an old-fashioned comedy team, and I'm just here to, like, bounce off the suit. I don't want to, to take, and take any shine away from it. To roll my eyes every time yes. the suit says something dumb. <laughs> oh, suit with a smoothed-over vagina. <laughs> You'll never win. Who's on first? Well... <laughs> We've got plenty more where that came from. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And DC Pearson, Master of Calamity. Good. Wow. Yeah. He's ready. Hey. This is prepared. This is a guy who knows what the fuck is going on. DC Pearson. He's a he's an actor. He's a writer. He's a filmmaker. He's a a novelist. An acclaimed novelist. The author of The Boy Who Couldn't Sleep and Never Had To. That's me. That's the whole novel, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was just explaining to uh, to Jesse before the show. He was like, "What's the book called again?" And I was telling him the name of it. And then I realized, like, that's an it's the title is so long that no matter whenever I say it, I always sound angry by the end of saying it, even though I'm not. <laughs> like, if I'm in a bar and someone's like, "Oh, what was your book called again?" and I'm I'm like yelling it, it always sounds like I'm being like, "This is what it's called. Just get it right." But I'm truly just mad at myself for naming it yeah. something that long. Now you know how the playwright who wrote Colored Girls. Who have considered suicide, suicide when the, the rainbow, rainbow is, is enough. enough? Now you know how that guy feels. I, and I'd always wondered. Poor lady, I don't know. The I think gender. it's a. I think it's a woman. Okay, um, yeah, I, mean, yeah, sure. I believe. Wait, I, what am I basing that on? I don't know. I, I don't. We uh, hard should to say. Hard to say. We should we create. Don't. We should create in the in the mold of the African American theater circuit. You know, there's these huge shows. I mean, I sure. remember when I was uh, when I lived in San Francisco, there would be television advertising for shows at the Paramount Theater, which is a multi-thousand-seat theater in Oakland that had weeks-long runs of something like When the Rainbow is Enough or Your Arms Are Too Short to Box with God <laughs> or one of, these, uh, one of these, or like a Tyler Perry thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to create that, but for, uh, <laughs> for second-rate podcasters. Oh, yeah. Like the, uh, well, because that's called the Chitlin Circuit, no? Or it was called the Chitlin Circuit at least at one point? Yeah, well, I mean, the Chitlin Circuit is more specifically the kind of southern venues, and it's generally for music, but I think it's, that may be like the theater version of the Chitlin Circuit. So what you need is a, you need a podcasting Chitlin Circuit. Exactly. That's what you're saying. So what's what the... about a Sir Kitlin Circuit? Because it's computers. We'll work on it. We'll keep working on it. <laughs> we'll keep working on it. Anyway, are you, are you saying we go to America's college towns and play at uh, various gastro pubs? Yeah, Is exactly. that your suggestion? Uh, tonight, much. short rib sliders. <laughs> Come, Jesse, go. <laughs> Tip your Local waitresses. Local microbrews. <laughs> um, hey, listen. Tip your waitresses. They're in bands. Speaking of business models, this is the first episode of Jordan, Jesse, Go in the Max Fun Drive 2011. Yay! I am very Woo. excited about this. DC, I don't know if you know this, but everything that we do at MaximumFun.org supported by listeners. 
Uh, that's fantastic. I, I, I was aware of that, and I think it's great. Um, we are like a totally independent. We're sitting here in, a, in my apartment where I also record The Sound of Young America. We do it all basically on the backs of people. We give everything that we do away for free and then ask people to uh, give a little bit of money to support it. So, um, yeah, this is our, gosh, I want to say maybe it's about our fifth annual pledge drive. Something like that, yes. We've... Our goal this year, uh, we've added all these new shows. It's uh, not just The Sound of Young America and Jordan Jesse Go, which are, frankly, remain the foundation of MaximumFun.org. But we've added uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself, which we added uh, roughly a year ago Mm -hmm. and has been a tremendous success out of Vancouver, British Columbia, the nicest guys in podcasting. Oh, I didn't, you know, I guess I, this, this makes us international. Yeah, absolutely. It's tough to be the nicest guys in podcasting because podcasting, one of the gentler of <laughs> the arts. Of, not a lot of divas. Yeah, not, not a lot of people are like, listen, I'm a podcaster. I come in, I podcast, I get out. Not a lot of podcasting beefs you don't uh-huh. hear about. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, no East Coast, West Coast podcasting wars. I briefly tried to start a beef with the Smodcastle. Oh, yeah. really? More the institution than Kevin Smith, the man. He seems like a decent uh, fellow. It was a little one-sided. Well, I feel like these, and I say this as someone who has has recently been introduced to the Smod Castling universe, or whatever you would call it, because uh, I just started doing a uh, a show there, actually, at the Smod Castle. It's not within the Smodcast universe, and it's not actually a podcast, but now being right... this is a non-canonical show. It's Uh, non-canonical, yeah. It exists in Smod Castle 2, which is the alternative universe, uh, Smod Castle. Uh, No, but it um, it (laughs) seems... That's the Smod castle where the nazis won world war ii right <laughs> yeah um exactly uh so nazi mall rats nazi clerks etc um uh but uh yeah it seems very hermetic i'll say i think that might be why the beef didn't take because the kevin smith world seems very self um self-contained self-contained and self-generating and self kind of like uh they're they're very happy there yeah they seem to be and god bless him not kevin smith he seems like a friendly funny man yes um, Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> right. We all think he seems yes, like a friendly, I cannot. Funny man. I, I, I cannot. Funny. Cannot front on the level of inspiration that he was in my like early like teen years, getting like basic cable IFC and like watching Clerks every weekend and hearing like this guy made this himself and he just did it and hearing him talk it was, like was truly uh really, actually really an inspiration. And well, I would be saying that even if I did not do a show at his, uh, his you theater. Got, you guys in Derek Comedy did is exactly the same thing. Uh, you just went off and made a movie. Correct. Yes, correct. We made a movie called Mystery Team in like uh, the spring. We shot it in like the spring of 2008. And then it came out. It went to Sundance in January of 2009. And then it came out kind of in some theaters and like starting in August of 2009. And then uh, came out on DVD last year in like May. A I think. great, funny film. Yeah, yeah. I got to see it at the New Beverly here in Los Angeles. Ooh. Uh, Packed house, people, uh, lots of enthusiasm and yelling. It, it, it's a yeah, it's a, a terrifically funny movie. Thank and you very much. what I think we what I think we have in common there is an interest in creating something that we want to create and creating it for the audience and not creating it for advertisers or for what we think is going to be uh, what we think is going to have mass appeal or whatever. But creating something that we're really passionate about for the people who actually listen to it. And I think that's why people, I mean, you know, people come out to MaximumFun.org meetups, you know, 75, 80 strong, uh, just to shake hands with Jordan. It's because I think if you're listening to this... But not Jesse. Jesse refuses to shake hands. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, I have an assistant who's in charge of shaking yeah, he's hands. He's got Kleenex boxes on all four limbs, I put Howard my hands, Hughes style. I yeah. put my hands behind my back 
and my my assistant stands behind me with his arm under my underarm. <laughs> like a short form improv game. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And then you reach into a box of props, get everybody's favorite movie quotes, send somebody out of the room. <laughs> and then wall to wall bad British accents. But I yeah. think I think what what I'm trying to say here is that I think that people who listen to this program listen to it because they really care about it. I think you who are listening to this right now in uh, podcast land with your earbuds in, I know that you really care about Jordan Jesse Go, or you wouldn't have gone through the trouble to go into iTunes and click and subscribe and keep listening, and you wouldn't be listening right now. So what we would ask of you is that you donate to support, and we have... We have pledge levels that anyone can afford. And I mean that sincerely. Some, once in a while, somebody will tell me, um, you know, I'm in college. I don't know if I can afford to support the shows. Um, really, there are high school students who email me and say, I was really proud. I have supported one of the lower levels, but I knew that I could get together the $5 a month or the $2 a month or the $10 a month to support MaximumFun.org because I actually care about the stuff that you guys make and making sure that you're able to make it. I mean, we're like right now, we're only three years removed from uh, me working as a receptionist, basically yeah. four years at this point from the receptionist. But three, it's only been three years that we've uh, actually had uh, me working full time on MaximumFun.org. And now it's uh, me and Teresa and Julia Smith, who produces The Sound of Young America, all working full time. And Jordan and my brother, my brother and me and the Stop Podcasting Yourselves all getting paid for the work that they do. Because people, you know, literally four digits worth of people, um, you know, step up to the plate every month and give just like a little bit of money. Excuse me. That's fantastic. I almost burped uh, <laughs> when I was going into my plug or not plug. But uh, I, th- I think that's really fantastic. And I kind of think that like I'm incredibly uh, sympathetic to that. And I think that like there's this weird sort of perception now, especially in the age of like file sharing and things like that. Well, it's like, well, all artists are just automatically wealthy, right? Like if you're doing your thing <laughs> and you get to do it for a living, like you must be rich. And I think that what people maybe don't understand is like the people that you like if they don't have to work day jobs and to, in order to feed their families and keep the lights on and not be homeless, they can make more of the things that you like to make. So you're only benefiting yourself by giving like $2 a month or $5 a month or, or whatever the, the, the pledge levels are to these guys so that they can actually like keep doing it because then they get to make more things. It's really, it's really awesome. Like there's a very direct correlation there, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's about, it's about all of us uh, being able to, um, I mean, I'll tell you the truth. When I, when I go to a public radio conference and they hear about what the annual budget of The Sound of Young America is, um, they think I'm completely insane. They, like, laugh in my face. And these are people who are supported by, like, grants from the National Endowment for the Arts and stuff. Like, this is not easy money to get that, that, that's supporting them. There's no chud group behind this. Exactly. Chub? Chub. There's, there's, no there's chub. a group of chuds. Yeah. <laughs> a group of the, weird uh, uh, subterranean humanoid. To be fair, <laughs> we are really popular uh, amongst the cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller community. So it's cybernetic. It's cannibalistic. It's cannibalistic. Okay. And and we know that, of course, because our friend Big Time Gene O'Neill, a uh, regular guest on Jordan Jesse Go, past co-host of The Sound of Young America, his father... Uh, was in Chud. Also, The Stuff. Yeah, both of them. He was in both of those films. What's The Stuff? Oh, The Stuff is great. Uh, it's this kind of uh, it's kind of this late 70s horror movie about a f- brand of frozen yogurt that turns <laughs> people into zombies. So it's like a, The Blob, but instead it's The yes, Stuff? Yes, yes. And, uh, and then at the end it turns somebody into a weird mutant for some reason. Uh, it's really- Only at the end? Yes. 
That, you this, think that would be the first thing? No, it just kind of hypnotizes people for a while. It's just really like kind of ham-fisted, like satire, like <gasps> hypnotic commercials. Yogurt. Oh, yes. okay. So it's like they live almost. Yeah, but with yogurt. it is a lot like that for sure. And yeah, there's just one kid who refuses to eat the yogurt. I would like to think it was written by a bitter screenwriter whose wife, who like his now his ex-wife was like on a health kick before yeah. she left. It's like, I eat yogurt. And he like, it was like, that must be why she left me. Not because of my rampant alcoholism. It yes. was the yogurt cut to him writing the stuff and getting financing for the stuff. Yeah, employing the stuff your friend's is, dad. The stu- and then, it, yeah, but then at the end it's like, oh yeah, I can also turn someone into a mutant. I like that that's at the very end. Sure. You think that that would be like, they're like, we don't have the Last money for a, a fleet Last of yogurt induced zombies. We can only have people getting hypnotized by it and trained fixed for most of the movie and then we can afford one zombie at the very end if you're good (laughs) so yeah but definitely yeah the stuff is great and gene's dad's in it so look if you want us to be able to afford the zombies (laughs) that we need to make jordan jesse go every week look we're going to talk about there's all kinds of awesome thank you gifts and pledge levels from uh the friend of the family level all the way up to the most legendary level of all jordan's platinum angels um the and we're gonna talk about all the cool thank you gifts you can get uh in a little bit on the show um but if you want to donate uh you can find all the information and uh all the stuff at maximumfund.org slash donate and you can be one of those people that's at the beginning of every sound of young america program saying uh, the sound of young america is supported by listeners like you and me you can be the me in that. And when you hear the pride in those people's voices, because every time they listen to the shows that they love, they know that they're making it happen, that they're the people behind that. You know, they're the it's like it's like when you do go to a like a corporate workshop and uh you do those kind of trust falls where you fall off of a thing and then like a thousand like like twelve people are holding the guy up. Not a thousand people. That's a at that, that point that's crowd surfing. Yeah. yeah. That would be too many. But you know that's those bumper shoot. You're those twelve of, people are, are holding holding you up or or when you're when a rock and roll yeah. guy is crowd surfing, you know? And they jump out into they leap out into the audience and they're passed through the audience through these thousands of people that love them, right? So you yeah. guys could be the hands holding up Jordan and Jesse in the in the maximum fun. And the rest seriously, of the guys. Seriously, if you want to cop a feel, like we're, mm-hmm. we can't do if anything you wanna, like, about If it. you want to grab their phone or their wallet yeah. and hold it until the end of the concert, they probably shouldn't have put it in their pocket before they started performing anyway. We're not going to anyway. go all Courtney Love on you. We're not going to get down from the crowd surfing and kick you in the crotch if you try and grab our tits. No. What we want you to grab unless our you want them to kick you in the crotch, unless that's part of it for we'll you. We'll kick you in the <laughs> yeah, that's we your thing, will. You pervert. Look, if you go to maximumfund.org slash donate, you you sign up, let's just say at a twenty dollar a month diamond friendship circle level, and you need me or Jordan to kick you in the nads, we're not afraid to do it. And you sure. know what? We'll kick you in the box if you're a lady, if that's what you want. Yeah. If that's what you or want. Or they will kick you in your smooth, cemented over grandma vagina. That you don't have <laughs> if you if are you're a FBI big agent <laughs> who has to go undercover to do something. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse. Go. It's Jordan Jesse. Go. Who am I? Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. That's who. Hey there, Jordan Morris, boy detective. DC Pearson, master of calamity. Oh, what a pleasure to have the great DC Pearson here. What's up, guys? I feel like we did not talk enough about how great Mystery Team is. Yeah, and I actually had a specific part of Mystery Team that I wanted Please. to discuss. Uh, oh, guys, for people who don't know the theme of Mystery Team, it is uh, it's three guys 
uh, played by you. Myself. And Donald Glover. Yes. And the guy whose name is Derek, I don't know his last name. No, it's Dominic Durkis. Dominic, the name of the group go. is Derek. Yeah, okay. Dominic Durkis. Uh, and you guys were like boxcar children growing up. Not literal boxcar children, but you were mystery solvers. Yeah, we were like the Hardy Boys or like uh, Nancy Drew or something like that. Kid uh, detectives, basically. And now you were, you were all in high school, but still adventuring and mystery solving, and it's gone from charming to kind of creepy. Uh, precisely. We all have the same haircuts, the same bikes. You know, solving the same kind of, like, kid-scale crimes. And basically the movie's about us being challenged to solve an actual adult, like, murder. This little girl comes to our booth and is like, uh, will you, you know, find out who killed my parents? Because her parents were just brutally slain. (laughs) It essentially devolves over the course of the film into just a group of teenagers who think they're nine-year-olds in the midst of... A kind of early '90s action film. Yeah, they get dragged into a underbelly of like uh, a drugs and crime and sex. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, exactly. Well, I wanted to talk specifically. You mentioned sex. There's a very good scene where you guys all have to infiltrate a strip club, and um, to me, when you see a strip club in a movie, it's uh, you know, it's very much uh, you know, it's clearly a set. Uh, everybody in it is very, very good looking. Um, I watched Showgirls recently uh, on Netflix Instant and kind of remarked at how, like, kind of polished and good looking everybody in these strip clubs was. Uh, the one in your movie, actually disgusting. And maybe, like, closer to the reality. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to ask about That is the sort of authenticity that you either have to pay many, many millions of dollars for or no money at all for. Uh-huh. And it's just authenticity by virtue of the fact of, like, this is kind of all we, all we can get. So yeah. you're saying that just your uncle owns a strip club. No. And oh, God, it. do I wish. <laughs> um, no, it was actually um, a... We shot that movie in Manchester, New Hampshire, which is where our director, Dan Ekman, and our producer, Maggie McFadden, are both from. And so we were shooting up there, and there was a strip club named Mark's Showplace, which I believe is still there. (laughs) What? Uh, Mark's Showplace. And uh, so we went in there. That's what he shows. Um, He doesn't show his tits, but he, yeah, the tits are on display. But he does show tits. Oh, by the... By the pound. I don't know what the, t- what the, what the tit <laughs> by the measurement. Full. Yeah, tits by the barrel full. Um, come on down. Hopefully uh, by the pair. Sure. <laughs> Just sometimes. Saying, hopefully if by there's the an odd number of tits, something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, we shot at uh, that place and we kind of had to go in. And it was this weird thing where we went in there one of the first nights when we were in town doing pre-production. We were like, okay, this would be probably the place to shoot this scene if we're going to do it. And then we tried to get in contact with like their manager or Mark himself. I believe and I think that we ended up talking to like Maggie the producer ended up talking to like someone who claimed to be that guy and then we gave him like a fee we probably gave him like I don't know 1200 bucks and then it turned out that that just wasn't the guy What? and we just completely got bilked yeah exactly and then so we ended up getting in touch with the actual guy and we were allowed to do it but uh, we were like okay can we shoot on this Monday because that's what works for our schedule and they're like no you can't because that's the night that we have our all male review which is actually our most popular, most money-making night. I think because apparently it's a lot of like closeted dads who oh, go wow. to the, the all-male review. and then uh, So that's just a big money-making venture for them. Uh, and so we ended up having to reschedule it. And then we put up flyers. We were like, well, the girls who work at this strip club, who are similarly to the girls in the movie, um, let's say, again, authentic, yeah. uh, real, sure. uh, uh, verite. Um, were, we were like, they'll probably want to be in a movie. Who doesn't want to be in a movie, right? And we put up flyers in, like I guess, their dressing room or whatever. And 
uh, no one got in touch with us. None of the girls at the strip club wanted to do it, I guess, because they didn't want to be like immortalized as sure. strippers per se. It's like they're passing through this. They don't want it to be cast in the amber of indie film. <laughs> um, and uh, so we ended up Although having to... Although one benefit is millions of years after they die, you can extract their DNA and sure. recreate them. Yeah. For stripper parts. Let's just hope that Wayne Knight isn't in charge of security <laughs> in that situation. Well, he himself has been reconstituted from the oh, amber right. of Jurassic Park sure. or Newman from Seinfeld. Maybe the aliens found a Seinfeld These season are four all DVD. Places you can get his DNA. <laughs> um, also, but, Space Jam. And well, oh yeah, he was in Space Jam. Yeah. Huh? You're right. Um, so I know what his place in American contemporary culture is. We yeah. needn't debate that. That explains why Michael Jordan is in Stripper Park. I couldn't figure that out <laughs> um but so we ended up having to order out for strippers from a website named bostonpartystrippers.com so if you're in the northeast area in the new england area uh bostonpartystrippers.com for all your uh stripper needs uh you can go there you can evaluate the girls there's weird starbursts photoshopped over their faces so you can't see their faces you, and then you just look at their bodies and then you order them offline so the girls came and we shot like over a night at the strip club and then uh, uh, quite a few of them had to leave around five or six in the morning, had like hard outs because they had to go take their kids to school. Oh, so, you know. yeah. And uh, one of them, I think, stole money from the makeup woman, supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> stole it from fun. her purse. Yeah. But you forged a few lifelong friendships, probably. Well, I mean, fr- I mean, friendships is such a understatement. I oh, would say yeah. like sort of soul understandings kind of bonds, with, uh, yeah. with your wives. Women. My many, many wives. Spiritually, yeah, if not in, in, in uh, legally. It's not legally binding. No, no, God, no. Yeah. I, was, I was really, one of the things, I knew that it would be full of uh, great laughs, this film, because I, I knew the reputation of Derek Comedy. I knew that you guys wouldn't undertake such a project lightly. I was impressed at, uh, when I watched the film at the sheen on this movie, yeah. it looks it it looks like I mean it it doesn't look like a Michael Bay movie. For that, you got to shoot only in the magic hour, right? Um, but it looks it looks like a twelve million dollar movie. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, I think that is. Um, I mean. I don't know. I just got to give it up to our director, uh, Dan, for really kind of thinking everything out. And we didn't want to go and say, like, well, it's a comedy, so it doesn't have to look any sort of way. Like, I think people use comedy sometimes as a crutch, and they go, well, it's a comedy. It doesn't have to be presented well. And we didn't want to let the fact that we were making a comedy for no money kind of get in the way of that. We wanted it to sort of have a feel of, like, a, an 80s Amblin movie, sort of, like, about, like, adventure and suburbia and stuff like that. So Derek, Derek is a sketch comedy group that's not just the three of you guys who are performers, but uh, also your producer and director are also members of the group correct now that's something that i mean when jordan and i were doing prank the dean in the olden times and doing sketch comedy festivals i feel like we were literally two years too old to be in the era where sketch comedy groups mostly made videos for the internet yeah yeah we definitely we definitely started just before and ended on the cusp of when sketch comedy groups were primarily about YouTube videos. Yeah, I think you, you guys are you guys are still very much a going concern, despite each of you having your own successes in Correct. Hollywood and so forth. Um, yes, definitely, absolutely. I mean, it, it was interesting. We sort of felt like um, when that whole thing started happening with like internet videos and, and what have you, like the sort of uh, apocal like shift that you guys are or apocal. I don't know how to actually say that word. I've never said epical. that out loud before. Say is epical. it epical? I don't know. 
Uh, <laughs> Epcot Center. I, I like I'd land. say epical. Is that, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I tried to be a hotshot and it burned me. Um, but uh, when that sort of shift was happening, we kind of felt like, because we were just a, um, a we were in, all in a sketch comedy group in college. And so we just put a lot of work into making those new shows every month just to kind of make shows, just because we liked sketch. And that's kind of what we put all our work into. So when that started happening, that people could actually like put videos online and they were getting a following, we had already been making sketch comedy videos because even though there wasn't any place to put them, just because we were trying to emulate Mr. Show and we our shows would go from like stage to film to stage to film. And so we kind of felt like as though we were like making, we were like blacksmiths making swords and then like the crusades happened. It's like, we need these now. <laughs> like it was neat because we, we, already, we already knew how to kind of like make sketch videos. And then there was a brief like one to two year period where studios and people were weirdly like throwing money at sketch groups. And it was like this crazy like social networky era that no one will ever make a movie about. Where there was just like, they're like, every sketch group in New York has a several thousand dollar contract with Time Warner or whatever. That's when uh, Summer of Tears made a pilot for the WB. Yeah, yeah. As I, I recall. Yeah, now I feel like comedy videos are like Confederate money on the internet. <laughs> they really Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're like they're like Confederate script, and we're all just wandering like the wasteland in a in a DC, post-Civil War. Sure, yeah. I know that you thought that Confederate money on the internet was flues, but flues has actually come back around. It's quite <laughs> I, valuable I don't again. Even know what that is? It was is that an like internet. It was an internet <laughs> currency. It was a currency created specifically well, flu- for yeah. the internet, but featuring flues, Whoopi Goldberg. Flues is backed by the Flome standard, correct? <laughs> yeah, <that's> correct. <laughs> uh, so for Ron, every internet flues, it's Ron actually backed Paul, up by very real Flome. Ron so Paul everyone, made sure of that. So every he said no internet can, 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 no internet currencies <laughs> that aren't backed by Flume. Oh, no one is going to get this, but there's going to be four people that think it's the funniest thing. This in joke the world. is so complicated. It's such a complex <laughs> web. Of illusions and Guys, things you need to know. Guys, I was going to try know. and bring Gak into this. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Can let's bring, do it. Well, Gak, Gak, Gak is Gak was actually what they used to back beans with a Z, <laughs> the other big oh, internet sure. currency of 1995. How uh, does this relate to silly bands? And Pets.com. <laughs> and Pets.com. Yeah, yeah featuring Michael Ian um, But Black. yeah, but it was it was very, I don't know, it was uh, it was neat. But then I think, I, Jordan, I think you're correct, where it's like now that is the main thing, where it's not even like people are getting together, like, let's be a sketch group. They're like, we want to make funny videos for the internet. Sure. Which is, our experience was always like, we were very happy to came from where we came from and kind of learn how to do it on stage. And like be, being in New York and going to school in New York and being able to take classes at like the UCB and do shows there, where we felt like we started as like sketch comedians first and then we just happened to be making videos if that makes any sense and then and, and, as opposed to like where i think it's now about like we just got to make funny videos that people pass around and that have a celebrity what's, what's in the news this week yeah, yeah exactly sure. where people are always trying to think like what's the topical thing that i can throw in here or the parody element or like the super bowl's coming up so we got to do something for that we never we tried to never really chase trends and like for that reason we only have like 40 videos which in internet comedy terms is like we might as well have only had one album and yeah, if we yeah. were a band you know what i mean but like uh all of them i'm still tremendously proud of which i enjoy i don't have to look back and be like why did we make a weird obama 08 video you know what i mean like sure. uh, we're pretty like proud of that in a weird way i think um but uh yeah i didn't know you guys were from a sketch comedy background i've, I've heard of prank the dean i think we might have been at the same festival at one point jordan um uh uh oh this actually doesn't have anything to do with jordan i started <laughs> by saying jordan and i'm really lost no, no what okay. i was gonna say is uh, I'll tell you one thing. I'll just take a little nap. I'll tell you one thing about your. I'll tell you one thing about your fan base, and I know this because 
of my work as the proprietor of Put This On, a men's style blog. Um, I have from time to time had occasion to post a photograph of your colleague Donald Glover. Very well uh, dressed, man. On Put This On. I think one time uh, we gave him one of our first Put This On t shirts, and he, so, like a bunch of people, sent us videos of him wearing it on stage in his stand up tour. He did a stand up rap tour. And uh, so a couple times I posted a picture of Don on Put This On. Mm-hmm. And our blog is the Put This On blog is based in Tumblr, the popular weblog system that allows makes it easy to reblog and post comments about someone else's posts. And um, if I post a post of Donald Glover, I can post a post of anybody. I can post a post of George Clooney, anybody. If I post a post of Don, a picture of Don, instantly, literally, seventy-five women reblog it with an essay about how handsome he is. <laughs> Good looking dude. Good looking dude. When, uh, when <laughs> well dressed man. There was the fashion there was plate. the internet meme going around for a while. Donald for Spider Man. Mm-hmm. When people heard they were remaking Spider Man, the Donald Glover fans Indeed. got uh, thought he should play it. It's going to be Andrew Garfield, apparently. Who's that? I don't know. He's um, from the cartoon strip Garfield. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I tried to capitalize off that after I auditioned for a role in Final Destination Five. I tried to start the meme, Jordan for Final Destination 5. Uh, it didn't take off. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm, you did, how, what was the hashtag? Uh, Jordan for 5 null. Mm. Uh, and it's, that Final Destination 5 is actually going to be called 5 null Destination. <laughs> so maybe it's confusing. Yeah. Part of it is the numerical. I, I don't know. I don't think that – I would not be comfortable appearing on screen in a Spider-Man outfit. I don't know if you've seen the new Spider-Man outfit. It really looks like the basketball that the Harlem Globetrotters use. <laughs> yeah, it's very sort of like, pre- there's like netting on it, right? There's like weird mesh and stuff, yeah, and I weird, feel like. It's kind of pebbled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can, you can grip him. He's yeah. grippable. Yeah, exactly. You can palm Spider-Man and, and take I've him to the hoop. And I've noticed they've, seems like they've gone back in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. His web shooting was internal. Mm-hmm. They've gone back to the comic book where he has actual shooters attached. Yeah, he doesn't. No, he are, no longer has wrist vaginas. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I liked the wrist vaginas. You did? I thought that made more sense than a a vial of web fluid that you had to constantly refill. See, I disagree. I, I like it because I mean, I, I think that there you get that nerd element of of Peter Parker in there, yeah. where it's like he's actually building the thing to complete the effect of being Spider Man. It's not just like this thing just made you a spider. It's like I got these spidery elements. How do I put this all together? Oh, I'll be I'll be Spider Man. Sure. So you uh, you you don't like the alien symbiote. Uh, I don't. Well, I, I don't dislike the alien like symbiote. The symbiote. Who doesn't like a symbiote? Who doesn't like a good symbiote? Every now and then. Sorry, again? God, guys, don't step <laughs> all over me. All I did was make a presumption about the alien symbiote, uh, named Flues. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from Beyond the Stars. Um, yeah, I, I, Spider-Man was like my favorite uh, um, superhero growing up because I like there was a very human element to him, even though he was he had superpowers and stuff like that. I, qu- I quite like that, and I thought it was cool when that sort of groundswell started of like the Donald for Spider-Man thing because it did come out organically from just like some kid being like when some blog was like, well, "Who do you think should play Spider-Man?" Some kid just being like, "It should be Donald," and then people really got on board with that. And I think Donald was like amused by it, and so he was like, "Oh, let's." Start seeing how far this can go, yeah. so and it went like maybe the pretty far. Between his meme and mine was that his started organically, and mine was totally self-serving. <laughs> Yours is going about as well as mine. Uh, DC for Emma Stone's real life boyfriend <laughs> is not going very well at all. I think that hashtag might be too long. 
Uh, but that's fine because now that I have this platform of Jordan Jesse Go, I'm going to use it to uh, make her my own. Could you could yeah. you handle that level of sultriness 24 seven? Oh, could I ever? Yeah, you welcome absolutely. the back sass uh, my- that she would <laughs> that she would dole out on a regular basis. I talk about her. Only all the time, and uh, and Dan from uh, from Derek, our director, was he was like you. He was like you're not even joking anymore. You really think that she would like you a bunch, huh? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I do, I do. There's just one of those things where I will criticize people for mistaking the real life person for their character, but yeah. I really do think she's that girl from Easy A, and I'm like, we would totally get along. Oh, so that's the Emma Stone. I didn't see Easy A. Easy A is awesome really it is so good I, and I've so funny that. and so smart I and mean, like but there's heart in it stanley tucci's adorable uh <laughs> it's great i i, I cannot recommend easy i've enough. seen her on television and was charmed i'm so charmed by her she's a charming woman people I, 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 people I, should I, donate to my dc for <laughs> Stone's real life boyfriend yeah that's it what, what will you do with the money i'm confused why do you need money for this to, you know to like to impress elaborate her to take her on a, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> uh, elaborate boondog is where i pretend to be like a prince he's gonna oh, build sure. the world's largest amphibious plane <laughs> Plus, yeah, he needs, exactly. He needs new jars for his urine. Uh, yeah, she's she said many times that a Howard Hughes uh, <laughs> oh, enthusiast. Yeah. Like. yeah, exactly. Latter day Howard Hughes, <laughs> like post- not young, handsome. No, 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 Howard no, 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 no. She likes. She enjoys Howard Hughes jar. when Aviator ends. Like she's like when the Aviator stops. That's where my love of Howard yeah. Hughes begins. <laughs> Which is why she likes Jesse with his many Kleenex boxes on all of his limbs. That's why she wants to be in this new Dark Spider Man movie. I feel like Hollywood. Oh, yeah, she is in that Spider-Man. There oh, was so anyways, one. That brings it around. There's one. Uh, there's one successful comic book movie. Uh, this this Batman movie mm-hmm. that's about like bludgeoning people and shadows and their souls, bludgeoning their their sure. uh, souls. As I well cannot as imagine a comic book character less suited conducive to being to, dark to being to a dark reboot than Spider. Isn't the whole point of Spider-Man that he says a little joke? You know, I might say, yes. also as a Spider-Man fan mm-hmm. growing up, uh, a I want to say, I want to say, I, in case anyone out there is questioning my nerd credentials, I too was a Spider-Man fan growing up. That was the one comic book I was a big fan of, Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I had a subscription in the McFarlane and Larson eras. Oh, okay. So there sure. you go. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Venom nerds. Carnage. Yeah, Venom, Carnage. And toward the, the very beginning of Carnage, and then that was pretty much the end of my run. But okay. um, yeah. Put that in your long Lord of the Rings Gandalf esque yes, pipe. Exactly. And smoke it and make the smoke curl into various shapes of dragons and special lands. Uh, it's something that I like about Spider Man, mm-hmm. and that I think is kind of conducive to a to a more and not dark, but 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 a more kind of, you know, thoughtful, less glamorous story is that he is the superhero who uh, lives in an apartment and still has to have a shitty job. Yeah. Uh, and that it is kind of superheroics without the glitz. And, you know, he's not millionaire mm. Bruce Wayne, and he's not... But that's not dark, well, I, I think that I think that... It, it, I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think that the nice thing about Spider-Man, I think, Jordan, what you're describing is that he is sort of... He does come from an innocent place, but then he gets em- embroiled in all this dark stuff by virtue of the fact that he's a crime fighter, and if he's stopping crime, people are going to come after him. People are going to be like, I'm going to hurt your family if they know who he is, or, like, yeah. hurt the people close to you. And so his, I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think, yeah, sure. yeah, and his dramatic Disney-esque 
anti-Semitism. Um, I kind of think that, I don't know, I don't know that it has to be one or the other, um, but I, I think that the problem is that people view it like, not like, oh, it can be Wait, this sort of... Disney-esque anti-Semitism? Walt Disney-esque. He, oh, Walt Disney. I thought you meant like, he feels about Jews the way Donald Duck felt about Hitler. <laughs> that he's going to go over the seas and punch him. Yeah. Um, but I think that... It, or that Donald's like, he had some good ideas. The trains <laughs> ran on time. I, I wish I could do a Donald Duck voice. That would make that better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's pro-fascist. He's, pro he's sure. like, yeah, exactly. He's like, there's a, a Superman. But he um, was more Mussolini than Hitler. To be fair yeah, to Donald yeah. Duck, he liked Mussolini much more than he liked Hitler. Did he the trains... Because that's what they said about Mussolini, right? The trains ran on time, but he not He originally Hitler. got into it because of Franco. He was interested in Franco sure. in Spain, and then it sort of... Got out of control. He was just infatuated with power, like Bowie, when he was in his uh, dressing like a fascist. You face. know, his his outfit, that naval outfit that he wears, is because he was in the Spanish Navy uh, during the Spanish Revolution, <laughs> the Spanish Civil War. Um, uh, I think we're back to the Spider. I guess if I'm still trying yeah, to like Spider-Man. connect here and make yeah, a point, absolutely. I think where Hollywood gets into trouble is that they feel like. And my, my uh, friend, uh, he's a uh, film writer, Drew McWeeny, made a really good point where he's like, fanboys really only seem to want, or at least Hollywood perceives fanboys as only wanting, although I do think there's a grain of truth to it, they only want their Hollywood comic book remakes in one color palette, and that's dark and gritty. Because anything else they'll think is gay. Sure. They're like homophobic, and so anything that's like bright and colorful, like that's gay. They also, to be fair, they also desperately need to prove that their childish, uh, emotionally immature obsessions are adult. And the Precisely. only way... Precisely. That they can do that without developing complex emotional sense is through violence. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's the only way that it can get across, not like complex emotions or... Because I think that the Christopher Nolan movies are actually... Tre- uh, the Batman movies are tremendously thoughtful. Like, I don't know if I know of many other huge popular movies where, like, themes and and psychological things are, are so well integrated into the actual story while still being tremendously great popcorn entertainment. Um, I think that Hollywood's problem is that people either... Like I was talking about people use comedy as an excuse. I think people use comic book movie as an excuse as well. They go... It's like either people that don't like comic books or really do like comic books are like, it's a comic book. And saying it's a comic book can justify anything, be it like having a really lame, awful color palette or shooting it in a dumb way or having hammy, wooden, like cardboard acting. Like, I kind of think that comic book is just this watchword that people can use to justify any kind of artistic, lame excess like Julie Tamer on Broadway style. (laughs) (laughs) This is a comic book uh, podcast right here, by the way. If you're wondering why I have lack, lack emotional depth. All I am is just a bunch of dick jokes. Sure. Yeah, once you get up close to Jesse, you can actually see the little dots that, of newsprint that form his, <laughs> yeah. like a Lichtenstein painting. Although, you know, I think it might even be simpler than that. I think it's just th- that the Joel Schumacher Batman movies were so traumatic for everyone involved, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for America, Yeah. that, that those... Those those echoes are still there. The Joel Sh- Schumacher to. Batman movies have been described as the pre-9-11 9-11. Yeah, they have. People were calling them 9-11 when they came out. It was confusing. They didn't know why. No, they just said it. It Later was like we as learned. if a phantom had taken control of their speech. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And DC Pearson, master of calamity. DC Pearson, novelist. Filmmaker, actor, comic, writer, his book, The Boy Who Couldn't Sleep and Never Had To, 
His recent film, Mystery Men, available on video now. <laughs> because no. I'm Kel Mitchell. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's okay. It's mystery, mi- mystery Team. Mystery, mystery team. team. Available from, Lion- from Lionsgate DVD. And you're not Kel Mitchell. You're William H. Macy. Thank you. So Lionsgate you. put out your guys' DVD. They did. Have you guys been approached to conceive and direct the next Saw movie? <laughs> we have been approached to cater it. Oh, right. that's yeah. going to be exciting. Yeah, well, that's exactly. because that's word what... got out about your breakfast burritos. <laughs> it did. Well, yeah, because all of the Saw movies are now made by a loose collective of other Lionsgate employees, filmmakers. They just get them together and bang them out in like a weekend. Yeah, you After guys... the company picnic, Tyler all the Lionsgate Perry. employees are sitting around. Lionsgate employees and filmmakers are all yeah. sitting around. Had a few beers, been in the sun all day. Let's knock out a Saw movie and then we can all go home to our families. I have something that I want to talk about that is related, in fact, to something that DC brought up earlier. This is an email that we got from... From a listener in response to our request. I don't know if you remember this, but we got jealous of our stable mates, my brother, my brother, and me, because people are always asking them for advice. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, who the fuck are they to give advice? We're obviously successful human beings who are capable of giving excellent advice in any area. I mean, between the experiences that you and I have had as roughly 29-year-old white guys sure. from California... I mean, we know everything. American advice is always more valuable than Canadian advice, just because the advice exchange rate. Exactly. Oh, the, although they're getting closer. They're not Canadian. They're not. They're oh, is that stop podcasting, podcasting yourself? yourself? Oh, okay. But coastal advice is more valuable than Midwest than Midwest advice. Yeah. Than flyover advice. <laughs> yes, flyover. It advice. goes coastal, Midwestern, Canadian, Canadian, Mexican. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. No offense. No yeah. offense. Mexican anyway. advice often has drugs stashed inside of it. <laughs> Here's what here's what Up its butt. Yeah. here's what this uh, here's what this person emailed. Last weekend, I found myself watching every episode of Party Down on Netflix Instant View sequentially and basically all in one sitting. Um, they really love the show, etc., etc., etc. Blah blah blah. We all love it. Party Down, great show. You heard about it on The Sound of Young America when the first season was coming on TV. So don't complain to me about how you haven't heard about it till now. Anyway. Having seen the series in such a condensed manner, I've got the most intense celebrity crush of my life. It's on Lizzie Kaplan, the actress who portrays Casey on the show. Mm -mm, I found mm -mm, myself mm -mm. watching interviews with her on YouTube and even doing Google News searches. It's distracting me at work. I'm even thinking of watching Cloverfield, a movie I previously had zero interest in watching just because she's got a part in it. I'm not used to having this kind of a crush. I feel like I'm in middle school. I should mention, I'm engaged, I love my fiancé very much, and have happily been in this relationship for years and years. It's a crush and just a crush, but still, this shit runs deep. Uh, You know, I had a similar experience. Uh, I am, I've mentioned before, I I just finished up a sitcom writing class, and I decided to write a Parks and Recreation episode. Fantastic. And so, uh, I was a casual viewer before, but thanks to Netflix, I was able to, you know, just kind of plow through the whole series to make sure I, you know, knew the characters' voices and wasn't repeating storylines and stuff like that. And uh, really got into a similar situation with Aubrey Plaza. 
He was a beautiful young woman. And I had seen her in several movies before this. I had seen Funny People, and I had seen Scott Pilgrim, and, you know, thought she was charming and funny. Uh, and then got to the point where I didn't like my feelings of arousal while I was watching television. <laughs> well, this it made is me upset. This is an extra concern for you, Jordan, because you roughly travel in the same circles. Uh, yes, I have seen her out on a few occasions, uh, but not since the crush. I was remembering, I was remembering seeing her out in the pre-crush days, and really thinking I like blew a chance to talk to her or something. Uh, anyway, uh, Jordan, Jordan's crush is so intense that it just summoned Jesse's dogs into the room. Yes, <laughs> the, the they pure, smelled my the pure uh, hormonal uh, emissions. It's like how place. a bear can smell a menstruating woman. <laughs> it can smell a guy. DC, you can close the door. I don't know how they even pushed the door open. Um, and here's the thing: like, I don't have to worry about if I go to a party, will I run into? Natalie from Sports Night. <laughs> oh, Natalie from Sports Night. That takes me back. Oh, game oh she over. was great. What's the name of that actress? Do we know? We don't know. Natalie from Natalie Sports from Night. Sports Where are Night. you? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that. I just started watching Party Down, actually. I've seen maybe the first five episodes, I think, now. Um, didn't catch it when it was on. I'm a, I'm a bad person. But I understand how if you mainline that much Party Down, Lizzie Kaplan would work her way into your brainstem. I find her tremendously beguiling. So here's yeah. the, here's the been, question. Just a, just, a, sure. just a quick observation real quick. And I think maybe that is a byproduct of our Netflix instant Hulu world and this i've never this thing i'm experiencing now and it sounds like that he's experiencing is totally new to me like i went through adolescence without having a celebrity crush and now i have one and i don't like it and i think it is the fact that you can just absorb this much of the person so quickly and then if, in, if, and this this required a level of ubiquity mm-hmm. in the past mm-hmm. that uh, it no longer requires. I mean, sure. I think our friend Matt Belknap from the Never Not Funny uh, podcast he's he's openly admitted to having had a, 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 a borderline weird adolescent interest in Paula Abdul. Sure, Paula Abdul was on every television, every magazine cover, everywhere. In the same way that like Justin Bieber is today for a fourteen year old girl, right? How ubiquitous was Gillian Anderson in the X Files Prime? Because I definitely had that for yeah. for her. Well, it, she in no at no point did she dance with a cartoon cat in a music video, right? I'm not <laughs> getting well, my lines. She, she did here. do a video with MC Scat Cat. <laughs> she did. Uh, yeah, she did because he was the uh, he was the believer. Like he believed in aliens and stuff like that, and she was the skeptic and opposites tracked. Exactly. <laughs> So here's his here's his question. Here's his question. What should I do? Do I write it out? Do I discuss it with my fiance? Uh, I need some advice. Please help me. Crippled by crush in Max Funland. I mean, I don't know if I have a a, a germ of advice yet, but maybe this will get us there, get us toward one. I kind of feel like what you're describing, like when you, because the thing that I find very beguiling about that Lizzie Kaplan character, or similarly about uh, when I saw Emma Stone in that uh, Easy A movie. Is that they're so kind of the not even it's not even just that they're really physically attractive it's that they're the kind of girl you, you're like she's great like she's a really well drawn character and you're kind of sure. like that character would really like me if they ever met me similarly I think the Lizzie Kaplan character is like so well drawn and just like so well acted and real it's not just like a, a normal like quote unquote smart girl in a TV show where it's just like she's a dumb hot girl but she wears glasses therefore she's brilliant it's like no you you legitimately get a sense there's an underlying intelligence and like cleverness there I, maybe that's just 
her being a really good actress, but it seems like she's fucking I have cool. an idea. Yes. And I'm going to go back to a, something that's been a little bit of a theme of mine. Mm-hmm. First of all, you have to figure out how you can meet Lizzie Kaplan. Okay, that's the first thing. Just whatever it Did takes. Did this guy say where he lives? Whatever. Well, he lives in Max Funland. So okay. whatever it takes to meet Lizzie Kaplan. That's step number two. Step number one, excuse me. Step number two, take your dick out. Step number three, see what happens. It's called testing the waters. <laughs> Most likely, jail. It's possible. Look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is within the bounds of the law, taste, decency, common sense, uh, that it's good advice, um, that it will help Even you be a happier, Even though we started this segment under the auspices person. of, this is going to be good advice. Here's us, here's us really sticking it to his advice, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what are the Max Fun Land bylaws on uh, indecent exposure? Well, in, in Max Fun Land, I, just taking your having your dick out or taking your dick out is always encouraged because it's funny. Because it's funny uh, to hear about later. Um, you know, this is and this is something weird that I've experienced in relationships. Mm-hmm. It's there are some people uh, who are okay talking with their significant other about their celebrity crush and there's some who aren't i feel like i have dated women in the past who like we've been able to talk about our celebrity crushes uh but and i but i've also also encountered the situation where you know to them it was it seemed to be similar with saying i'd like to fuck your coworker. Yeah, like it, I, it's I wanna, not a fun fantasy. Well, in it's, sincerity, I want to lay down one ground rule, which is you do not volunteer this. Okay, no. <laughs> this is not information that you take the first move on with your sweetheart. Uh, I kind of I think that maybe that has to do with Jordan. I don't know that my like my amateur like pop psychology. I guess reasoning on that would be like I think for I think the, I would I would imagine like certain girls being more upset with that than certain guys if their guy if their like boyfriend confessed a celebrity crush because yeah. they're all of their attraction seems to be more cerebral where I think that guys our attractions are sometimes are very segregated where we're like there are people that I'm really attracted to strictly on a physical level and I can sort of quantify it that way mm-hmm. and then there are people I'm attracted to on like a you know like uh like brain level essentially where I'm like, and that's why I'm attracted to them. Whereas I think for women, it's all sort of like more congealed, which I think is like an actually a cooler way to be so, attracted to people. But. For, for you, the, cool. the first one would be like, uh, it's like just purely physical. would be like a Pamela Anderson. The second one would be more a personality. It would be more like, like a Carmen a, Electra. A, like Bruce Valanche. <laughs> yeah, a Bruce, a Bruce Valanche uh, dressed as Carmen Electra. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> Bruce Valanche. I just like, because it's funny because you do hear about those crushes or girls that are like, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. I want to fuck Steve Buscemi. They're so talented. And it gives a lot of certain guys like me hope. Um, but the fact that, uh, like, I just really like someone being like, I just love Bruce Valanche. Like, the way his mind works. Well, the, like, he seems those, like a nice enough sort. And but those like, cardio striptease videos that he put out <laughs> are also great. Where you strip for your lover, mm-hmm. you get a good cardio workout, and you dish on the years. And then you, yeah, poop. and then you do, and then you do six minutes on, uh, you do six minutes of Billy Crystal I Oscar think he material. Has to keep, <laughs> I think that I think that Crippled by Crush has to keep this information on lockdown, and he can only volunteer it if asked directly. I agree. In the course of a sort of like, well, who's your celebrity? What's who's on our list, babe? Or you know, whatever that kind of thing. Uh, like a laughing, joking list, and and if and only if asked directly in a laughing, joking, fun context where she is already 
offered some. Yeah. I agree. I think it's that too dangerous otherwise. It sounds like right now it's all too like tangled and weird for him and he's really paranoid and guilty about it. So no matter how he brings it up right now in this moment, it's gonna gonna come across like, look at my weird photo album of Lizzie Kaplan that I have where right. I'm like I'll have all of her former addresses in here that I've looked up. You and know, one other the- thing one other thing about that conversation, um, I don't know if it'll hurt or help, but you could try taking your dick out. To your wife? Yeah, you could definitely yeah. take your dick out in front of your wife. That's one of the main reasons to have one. Yeah. I imagine, I know Jesse, you're the only married, married man here. Yeah, 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 married exactly. man, absolutely. Um, and I might say... My dick's uh, out right now. <laughs> Even though his wife is not in the room. Uh, that's how She's here in the, the house, though. Is. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. She just likes knowing that dick is out somewhere. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and in regards to the question, should he seek out her other roles, the Cloverfield, the True Bloods, when she's naked and... Uh, yep. Yeah. Anyway, Wait, Jordan, right? and Jesse, a, Jordan and Jesse just watched me disappear into a DC-shaped cloud of dust <laughs> yeah. as I immediately went down to the go? video store and got. Uh, you heard a. Yeah, I just kicked over the mic stand. Um, I would say, uh, as a guy who's kind of experiencing similar things, I would say quit cold turkey because I think it is that constant rocketing of the person into your brainstem that 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 causes that discomfort so i would maybe say pumps those hormones into your balls sure sure i would say maybe i would say use emma use emma stone as like methadone and just like wean yourself yourself off off. yeah just uh, easy on 24 hours repeat it yeah (laughs) i think we've changed this guy's life right and then you know then and then you're on to a healthy dose of the occasional once a week latent meester (laughs) uh you know what or or go back to like the vintage porn of uh nerdy girls and go watch janine garofalo and larry sanders which i've been doing recently she's fantastic Fantastic. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. DC Pearson, master of calamity. That was a good. You you leaned into that one. Yeah, I'll, 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 I wanted to vary it up. You, you were know? back, you were relaxed, you were, you were away from the mic, and then you brought it in to drive the point home. I like that. Show business, Enjoy profe- that. show business professional. Anyway, it's the Max Fun Drive, February 28th through March 14th. Every program in the MaximumFun.org network currently asking you uh, to support what we do with uh, donations at MaximumFun.org slash donate. I promised that we would talk about the stuff that you get for donating, besides the warm feeling in your heart, which you do get. I've, I've gotten confirmed uh, confirmed emails from people who say, every time I listen, I feel good about it. That kind of thing. It's not fake. No, absolutely not. This isn't some bullshit that we made up just because DC Pearson's here. He's yeah, this isn't novel. all just some elaborate scheme. Yeah. These aren't like false boobs that an FBI agent wears to infiltrate an all-girls school. Um, okay. This is a real fuckable pussy. No matter... Of, of radio. Of radio. <laughs> no matter what level you donate at at MaximumFun.org slash donate, you get the Max Fun Pack. This is what you get. In the mail, you will get a MaximumFun.org, Maximum Fun Club membership card, uh, and uh, some stickers from MaximumFun.org. Um, you will also get the digital Max Fun Pack, which is a special episode of Jordan Jesse Go that you can only get by donating to MaximumFun.org, a special episode of Judge John Hodgman, of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and Stop Podcasting Yourself that you can only get. And I think people right, might remember from last year, we made kind of like a Riff Tracks-style short film uh, called Social Courtesy, 
um, that people really loved. We got so much positive feedback from doing that. So what we decided to do this year for donors is uh, instead of just doing one, me and Jordan, each of our three sort of teams, so to speak, has made one. So uh, Jordan and I have made one. My brother, my brother, and me have made one. And Stop Podcasting Yourself have made one. So uh, all three of us will have each a short film that you can watch that you can only watch if you donate. So that's what you get no matter what level you donate at, whether it's $2 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, $100 a month, $200 a month. At uh, $10 a month, the friend of the family level, you get all that stuff mentioned earlier, plus you get the very first Max Fun tote bag. Yeah, we're going to have different designs of the Max Fun tote bag. We, we, uh, we figured it was time, this is year 11 of The Sound of Young America, to make our first cliched public radio gift and make a tote bag. There was some discussion of making a tote bag that said, I donated to MaximumFun.org and all I got was this fucking tote bag. Um, but we decided most people wouldn't want to go grocery shopping with an obscenity on their bag. As soon as the, the you guys came up with the tote bag, somewhere Carl Carl Castle was like, "Welcome, yeah, <laughs> welcome to the order of the tote." <laughs> exactly. Soon you will laugh whenever I say anything. <laughs> um, enjoy a fine Chardonnay. The twenty. That's the Jordan. The ten dollar a month is the friend of the family level. Sure. The twenty dollar a month level is the diamond friendship circle. Diamond friendship circle. You'll get the tote bag and all of the Max Fun Kit stuff. You also get our USB drive, which is a special Maximum Fun branded USB drive. It's actually made of wood. Uh, and it has the MaximumFun.org rocket ship on it. And we've put a selection of handpicked favorite episodes from every podcast in the MaximumFun.org family onto this USB drive. This is like one of our most requested gifts ever. It's a special thing. Look, you can you can listen to all the shows. You can delete them all and just use it to store your, you know... Your emergency porno. You can use it as kindling if this is the only way you yeah, know sure. how to get wood. It is made of wood. You know, it's funny that you mentioned being, mentioned being able to use it as kindling because the $35 a month level, which is new this year, uh, is the Judge Hodgman's post-apocalyptic Justice Squad level. Um, this is something that is so amazing, this $35 a month level. We have created something that is so amazing that I can almost not imagine that we're really doing it if it weren't for the fact that I have been, like, surfing websites to buy th- weird things in bulk for the last month. This is, like, the single greatest pledge drive gift in the history of pledge drives, as far as I'm concerned. What you get is our 1,000% proprietary, not patent-pending, nerd emergency kit. Here's, let's talk to Jordan about what you get in the Nerd Emergency Kit. You will get a Eton self-powered AM-FM weather radio with flashlight, solar charging, and USB power station slash phone charger. These are great. They provide so many tools you'll need in an emergency. And they're stamped with the Red Cross logo because a portion of your donation goes to support the Red Cross as it helps people facing emergencies and catastrophes around the world. After the apocalypse, you're going to need to turn you're going to need to tune into the weather. You're going to have to know what that mushroom cloud is up to, and you you may or may not have an electrical plug to plug your radio into. Sure. So you need that you need that uh, hand crank, that solar power. You need that ability to get power without plugging into the wall. Of course, the same thing applies to your uh, uh, to your uh, your telephone. You're sure. going to want to plug that into the USB you know, on this baby. Uh, it applies to your uh, shaver. It applies to your dildonics. 
uh, any Dildonics you may have that sure. are that are USB powered. Um, this is an amazing device. It's going to be essential when the apocalypse happens. You will also get the uh, USB drive with the hand-picked episodes. Uh, you'll get the awesome and insightful book, Role Models, by John Waters. Because after the apocalypse, I don't know if you knew this, DC, but the wisdom of John Waters will be used as currency. Well, yeah, because nothing is going to be more relevant as an idea in the post-apocalypse than camp. <laughs> Yeah, that will be familiar to future generations who spend most of their time fighting cannibal hordes. People will be flipping through it going, mm, camp, but they live in a camp. Now. We've, we've, got the, we've got this thing that's the size of a credit card in this kit. It is a credit card survival tool. This is what it has on this one piece of metal that's the size of a credit card. Can opener, knife edge, screwdriver, ruler, cap opener, four position wrench. I don't know what that means. I don't know what the difference between number of positions on a wrench is. Uh, butterfly wrench. I don't know what that is. That's something they made up. It's to open butterfly cases. Saw blade, lanyard hole, in case you need to keep it on a lanyard. And of course, direction ancillary indication. Also in the Nerd Emergency Kit, you'll be gaining a pad of graph paper, a mechanical pencil, white surgical tape that in case is you break your glasses. In case you break your glasses in the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. A 20-sided die for any bullshit you'll want to do. <laughs> Some dinosaur band-aids, astronaut ice cream, and of course, powdered tang. Which came from the space program and is thus the official drink. I mean, you'll need to get vitamins and minerals after the apocalypse. Sure. You You're going to be the only person who's equipped with this stuff. That all comes along with the tote bag, the Max Fun Pack, the exclusive, all that shit comes if you join John Hodgman's, Judge John Hodgman's post-apocalyptic justice squad at the $35 a month level. At the $50 a month level, that's the Thorn Family Blondie Brigade. You'll get everything mentioned earlier, the Nerd Emergency Kit, the USB drive with the episodes, the tote bag, the fun pack, the donor-only episodes, but you'll also get Jesse and Teresa's homemade blondies which they will fedex to your door Uh, my specialty is blondies because i can't eat chocolate because it's a migraine trigger but we will literally at the 50 dollars a month thorn family blondie brigade level we will literally bake you blondies in our home kitchen put them in a fedex box and overnight them to your house Maybe two-day. Will you include a hand-picked, hand-burned, best-of-blondie CD? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. Good. That's, um, an ins- that's an incentive for me. $100 a month. This is my signature level. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Jesse's Golden Eagles. Not only will you get the Nerd Emergency Kit, the Blondies, all that shit that we just talked about, you also get an invitation to the Max Fun Dinner, which is a dinner that we have every year, the night before Max FunCon. Uh, various people who are going to be performing and uh, celebrating Max FunCon, including myself and Jordan and Teresa and often the guys from You Look Nice today and, and just uh, probably the Stop Podcasting Yourself guys. Um, we all get together the night before Max FunCon and have a big dinner where we all uh, you know celebrate good times and the impending success of Max FunCon. And I also want to say... Uh, this also applies if you can't be here the night before Max FunCon. Uh, I will take you out to lunch whenever you are in town. So I personally, at the $100 a month Jesse's Golden Eagles level, will take you out to lunch when you are in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, uh, and I'm buying. At, We're probably going to have huaraches. At uh, $200 a month, that's Jordan's Platinum Angels. Uh, everything mentioned earlier, plus free registration at next year's Max FunCon. 
the convocation of things that are awesome. That's a and, many uh, hundreds of dollars value. And I'll go ahead, go ahead and add, if you're ever in Los Angeles and you can't make the Max Fun dinner, I'll take you out for an aromatic cocktail. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you. That's the, I just added that myself. That's what makes it Jordan's Platinum Angels level. And of course, there's always, for any level, there's the signed Jordan Morris 8x10 that no one has taken us up on in the many years I've been offering. It's, of, it's, <laughs> it's, of, it's in fairness, it's of the back of your knee, right? It is, yes. Uh, <laughs> but I do have some genuine 8x10s, perfect for your uh, dry, dry cleaner, cleaner. <laughs> your Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Your Piquito Mas. Yeah, I've got them. I've been dropping hints to my dry cleaner that I'm on television. Yeah. I really want him to oh, request an eight. Do they, they have to request it, right? They Do they? I've never understood what the etiquette is like for those You probably things. have eight by 10s, right? I do have, I have really crappy headshots. I have I one don't, of the worst headshots it, in the game. If someone requested one from me, like if my dry cleaner or I would really like my tailor too, frankly. Like if they, if one of them requested a headshot, I would literally book a headshot shoot, get a headshot taken and printed. I would have 500 headshots, the minimum order, at my house. I would have a New Yorker cartoon style, uh, like, caricature of oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, you know, but to be fair, it seems like dry cleaners stopped taking new headshots around 1991. When Emmanuel Lewis stopped being cute and started yeah, being sad. Yeah, it seems like it's all, like, weathermen with, you know, bad hair gel. Anyway, all of these things... It, Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I really want to drive home. No matter what level you donate at, uh, we want you to donate so that when you listen to this show, you know that you're one of the people who supports it. And you can feel great about supporting independent media that's not about getting advertising, that's not about creating a, a, you know, an environment conducive to selling potato chips, but is actually about entertaining you and something that you really care about. I mean, I know, like, when, when we talked about uh, my wife getting pregnant, I literally got more than 100 emails from people saying congratulations. So I know that you guys oh, care about seem, the stuff uh, that... less enthusiastic about me giving up sweets. I'm glad, uh, glad there's a lot of support for that. Not a, not a single email. Jordan, someone did post You're... on the forum to congratulate you for getting that iPhone app that makes a gun sound when you shake it. Oh, yeah. Well... <laughs> Let somebody's paying attention. <laughs> anyway, we know that you care not just about us, but about the work that we do, because we know that you went into iTunes and clicked subscribe to listen to this. It wasn't an accident. And you probably listen to The Sound of Young America or Stop Podcasting Yourself or one of these other shows. Even if you don't, you do, you can know that you're supporting the thing that you like and you're allowing it to, to happen and, and you're giving us the opportunity to spend our work days doing this and not answering telephones for the Trust for Public Land. Not that there's anything wrong wrong with the trust for public land who are wonderful their podcast is terrible <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you guys got to donate it's otherwise not funny at all you guys got to that that donation is going to go right in jesse's baby's mouth don't uh don't don't rob him of that it's the only and look donating to support maximumfund.org uh, is the only way that you're going to get our nerd apocalypse kit without that after the apocalypse unless you're a jock it's possible you're a jock i'm not going to sit here and say that you're sure. There are jocks that know how to use iTunes. Well, it's either be a post-apocalyptic overlord that has the Nerdpocalypse kit, which allowed you to establish dominion immediately oh, after yeah. the collapse of oh, society. Sure, and or, to unite the tribes. Or it's, be in, or it's be enslaved by your local Nerdpocalypse kit haver is, that is now an overlord. Is $35 a month too great a price to pay to ensure that you will not be human chattel? Yeah, spend $35 a month before $35 a month becomes a meaningless amount after the collapse of money. When you have to pay for your debts with pages from a John Waters book. 
Or USB drives. Or an internet video. Yeah. Anyway, don't don't wait to do it. Don't wait for anything. Maximumfund.org slash donate right now. Maximumfund.org slash donate. It's easy. Just go to the website, click. We've got this brand new system uh, that uh, we, we, we Teresa has literally spent two months setting up a payment processing system so we don't have to use PayPal anymore. Um, we get more of your money now because PayPal was, you know, somewhat unfortunate, took a un- somewhat unfortunate cut. This is really, you're really paying directly for what we do. There's no like secretary that you're paying. There's no processing fees that you're paying. You're really paying directly for this programming that you enjoy. So there's no flus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maximumfund.org slash donate. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. D.C. Pearson, master of calamity. It's a pleasure to have you here, D.C. Thank, Thank you. you I've had a blast. Thank, Thank you. For it was very me. nice of you to come on our program. Thank you for having me. I was very excited to do it. Uh, it's, a, it's just a lot of fun, D.C. It's just I, a lot of fun. I'm having wholesome fun here tonight. I'm you, learning, growing, laughing, <laughs> loving, living. You learned about how many different tools you can fit on a credit card-sized piece of stainless steel. I did. I learned about uh, you can make USB drives out of wood. I didn't know wood was capable of storing information, <laughs> yeah. except for in a very weird kind of fern gully sense. Well, you knew that it was capable of storing information about how long the tree had lived. That's true. I meant, like, I'm sorry, digital information. It's clearly <laughs> capable of holding spiritual information about <laughs> pains that Native Americans have gone through. <laughs> Yeah. Um, as you know, DC, because you're a listener to our program, every week we ask people to call in when something momentous happens to them for a segment called Momentous Occasions. And uh, look, Lindsay, our intern, has been on thin ice lately. I'm not going to sit here and say that she hasn't. Um, she's been doing a great job as an intern overall. She comes in. She works hard. She's bright. She's competent. Uh, she's a sharp tack. But we've had a few calls that I was not happy with, and the reality is that I, c- I don't feel comfortable giving her credit at Occidental University, the college that she goes to. If she want to give out any more identifying information for if her? While she's we're not. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to go to her house at 629 Maine. And no, I, look, I don't feel comfortable giving her school credit until she demonstrates competence. In screening Jordan Jesse Go calls. And, you know, I also, let me say, I also don't feel comfortable screening the calls myself when I can make the intern do it. (laughs) She, if if she needs, if she wants to get credit for Occidental College, where she's, what, uh, class of, I guess, uh, 2013. Something uh, like that. Yeah, she stays in the dorm uh, Orange South. Uh, below the quad, right? Uh, if she wants to get credit in in the new economy of tomorrow, if she Next wants to the dining hall that has the soft serve <laughs> uh, that hypnotizes people, um, <laughs> if she wants to get in the new economy of tomorrow, screening Jordan Jesse Go calls is going to be a very important skill. We can't be like losing to the Indians or the Japanese or the Chinese on this front of screening sure. Jordan Jesse Go calls. Look, she's got to pitch in. There are universities now that offer degree programs in Jordan Jesse Go call screening. Yeah, and I'm University say, of Phoenix has an entire 60-second commercial devoted to just this very skill. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say that maybe, you know, her other Max Fun headquarters duties, her office work or her 
you know, trapdoor trapdoor maintenance. Trapdoor maintenance. Maybe she's doing a great job. I don't know. My only interaction with her work is the bullshit calls that she picks. So right wow. now, in my mind, she's the world's biggest fuck up. And I also want to say, on top of all this stuff. That I want to be clear that we're joking about all of it because I don't want her to feel bad about it or listeners to think that we actually think that she's a horrible person or a bad intern or anything because she's actually really great. But which we is think why we can this say is a this. fun running gag. So, Lindsay, fuck off. Yeah, you're fired. You're fired preemptively unless this call is really good. It all rides on this call. Hi, Jordan Jesse Go. This is Aaron in Provo, Utah. My mom just called me. And told me that she just snorted cocaine. So, I guess that's a momentous occasion. Yeah, okay, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, I'm she, not gonna... Wait, she called to say she had just snorted cocaine? Well, she needed something to do. She had a burst of energy sure. from the cocaine. And she she said, well, what have I been put, putting off? Oh, calling my son. But in fairness, she was just trying to prove to a drug dealer that she wasn't a cop. <laughs> in a post-Big Mama's House America, most cops are, in fact, undercover cops are, in fact, moms. It's worked really well. Yeah. We do live in a post-Big Mama's House America. That's a good point, DC. Um, wow. That's, that's amazing. How horrible is that? Yeah, and I mean, you know, Provo, Utah, a fairly wholesome community, I would I would think. Yeah, maybe he has a hot, really hot mom, though. Yeah. That's true. Maybe his mom is on Rumspringa, but I for moms. Th- I think she's yeah, just yeah. going Mom's out there. <laughs> yes, I know about Momspringa. Sure, sure, sure. I think we can agree that cocaine is much more acceptable if it's being done by a hot lady. Oh, sure. I've learned that if there's anything that I've learned from the films of the 1980s, it's that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anything's more acceptable when it's being done by a hot lady working on it, working on a car. Sure. A hot lady with a burst of energy is more likely to, you know, dance around, maybe take off some clothes. But an unattractive woman doing cocaine, I mean. If it's just some homely woman that's really smart, a Carmen Electra type. Yeah. This is just frightening because I'm like, there's moms out there. There's cocaine out there. This had to happen sometime. The collision was inevitable. (laughs) Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Um, this is Rachel, and I'm calling with a momentous occasion. I was just listening to the Super Bowl Sunday edition of the show, um, and I stepped outside of my gym, which is where I was listening, in Silver Lake, and right there on the newsstand in front of my eyes was an 8x10 piece of paper that said, need security, call Rick, um, R-A-K, phone number, fluent in Italian and English, um, physically fit. So I just wanted to let your listeners know that Rick is also available for security um, in the Silver Lake area. And uh, it's momentous because what the fuck? Uh, Talk about timing. Thanks, guys. Not only did she see a flyer advertising Rick's services as a a security guy, Mm -hmm. um, one of our listeners emailed in to let us know that he he was their landlord. What? Do you, do you see do Rick you Martino? Know? Certainly, Rick Martino, yeah, of Kinko's uh, fame. Sure. Um, yeah, I saw a weird flyer a couple days ago. It said, Need help? Call Rick Martino, fluent in uh, Italian, physically fit. Apparently, he's YouTube superstar. YouTube, YouTube superstar. Sensation. Black and white art film superstar Rick Martino. 
Um, but I guess he's branching out. He is the he now. is the human uh, credit card sized multi tool. Yes, is essentially, I think is what we're learning about. He's right. really big into birds, by the way. If you're wondering, is he big into birds? He is, at least according to the guy who who Rick was his landlord. Wow, uh, the ornithologically inclined Rick Martino. Yeah, I think that's the classic mentally unstable person. Although I have to say that as crazy as Rick Martino is, uh, I had a landlord when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, who was a South Vietnamese guy, uh, who one time we came home and he had painted our apartment building uh, forest green and fluorescent orange. <laughs> and uh, he always walked around in his military uniform. Yeah, why is it that landlords are like, it seems like you'd have to be super together to be a landlord. I think the thing not. is, is if you're crazy, and you, but you already bought the building, you still own the building. Yeah, I think they have it over you, yeah. so you'll, you'll tolerate any amount of quirk from them. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. Uh, this is Matt from Chicago with a momentous occasion. I just wanted to call in keeping with the string of unusual highway sightings that you've had recently. I'm driving down 294 here in uh, Illinois, and I just saw a man driving steering wheel in one hand and uh, utilizing a shake weight in (laughs) the other hand. Uh, This is my first time seeing a shake weight, outside of either the late-night infomercial or uh, some sort of ironic uh, mockery. And uh, this gentleman seemed in all earnest to be, uh, to be trying to get himself a, uh, a shake-weight workout. Wow. Yeah, uh, pretty good. I mean... I would like to know how the guy was dressed. I'd like to know how he knew that he wasn't just jacking off. I got to say, though, as far as the calls go, Lindsay, with the exception of the cocaine mom calls, really only continuing Jordan Jesse Go franchises such as Rick Martino, YouTube star, such as Highway Sightings and things yeah. like that. They're, they're, she's not starting a whole lot, not covering a whole lot of new ground. Here. She's definitely going to be fired by the end of this episode. There's no doubt about yeah. that. The reality is Foregone that conclusion. as much hard work as she's done and as good as she's been mm. at it. At the end of the day, we're looking at an unsatisfactory performance in Jordan Jesse Go screening. And uh, also, this is all a joke, so you don't have to feel bad for her. Uh, she knows that it's a joke. She understands why, what jokes are. That's why she works at MaximumFun.org. But seriously, I'm watching over Jesse's shoulder as he texts Lindsay at 323 <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jordan Jesse Go. It's Ben in D.C. I got on a mental occasion. I'm trained to be an EMT. Uh, tonight I was doing a, a shift at a hospital. I stuck my, a needle in someone for the first time. Uh, he was an older, surly, drunk gentleman who had just pooped himself. Uh, <laughs> first try, and a cute girl said he did a good job. Uh, well, I think the most momentous part is that a cute girl said he did a good job. Yeah, right? Anytime a cute girl says you do a good job at anything, that's when you know you're winning at it's life. It's great. Yeah, that's why you undertake any venture. That's, yeah, yeah that's, what, that's when you know you handled the shit pants with grace. <laughs> Hi guys, this is a, uh, a listener in New York, and I'm going to stay anonymous for this <clears throat> momentous occasion or possible moment of shame, which I am about to share. I think it's just, shouldn't really attach my name to it. This is Lindsay, the intern, by the way. So um, I'm an SAT, a volunteer SAT tutor with underprivileged kids in New York City, and today, in the middle of tutoring. One of them showed me a dick pic that he was sent. Ah! He said, hey, 
you want to see a picture I got with a text message? And he showed it to me. It was a wang. Um, and then we went back to learning about circles and triangles. I am scarred for life. Oh, and to make it more momentous and more shameful, maybe, I don't know, first dick pic by a text message I've ever seen. All right, thanks. Love the show. Wow. You know what this answers? You know what question this answers? What if Mr. Holland's opus had been made in the cell phone era? It would have been all dick pics. It would have been a bunch of dick pics. But then Mr. Holland's kid would be born blind, so therefore the inability to to see dick pics. And that was his opus, is the first Braille cell phone. To Wait a minute. Blind <laughs> so you can read the word dick. Yeah. <laughs> you can I read thought, the word, check out my dick. I thought Mr. Holland's opus was about the Dutch guy who created the cartoon strip opus. Is that not right? Not the guy who created Bloom County. If it was, his why name, would they call Mr. it that? His name, so the, the guy from Holland named Mr. Holland? <laughs> well, no, he was known he was colloquially. Oh, known colloquially as Mr. Holland. Because he's gotcha. always talking about Holland stuff, right, like windmills right. and wooden shoes. And dykes, the not offensive kind. We really need to talk about um, Opus's place in our contemporary culture. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, there's momentous occasions for this week's program. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. D.C. Pearson, master of calamity. Oh, D.C. Oh, it's been fun to have you here. Thank you for having me, you guys. This was a blast. Now, you can't, you're not seriously in league with Kevin Smith and my enemy, the Smodcastle, are you? Again, they won't acknowledge you as an enemy because they're so your own, their own thing. They're a world unto themselves. I would also welcome an invitation to be friends with them. I want to make that part of my feud with them clear. <laughs> Absolutely. You should come, you should uh, come, my friend uh, Dominic does a talk show on Saturdays. You should come be on the talk show. We'll that will be your be on entree the talk show into the anytime. fantastic. So you, right. so, you are, so you're on this Smodcastle show that people can enjoy. Yes, indeed. That's every uh, Saturday night at 10 p.m. It's called Magic Bag. It's a stand up show at the Smod Castle in uh, Hollywood. I co-host it with my friend Eliza Skinner. And uh, yeah, it's every week and people can get tickets at, I believe, smodcastle.com. And uh, of course, you they can follow you on Twitter. Over there at twitter.com slash DC Pearson, D-C-P-I-E-R-S-O-N. Uh, I want to say something about a live show that we're doing that is mm. not just for people here in Los Angeles. We are actually going to be live streaming the grand finale of the Max Fun Drive. Uh, this is going to be live from Max Fun World Headquarters. We're going to have audio and video. We're going to have very special guests. We'll announce next week who the guests are going to be. Um, I think it's going to be basically the greatest thing that we've ever done in our entire life. Is that fair to say? Yep. Sunday, March 13th. It's going to start at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's two hours long, so there's no excuses for not watching it. That's prime time on both coasts. Um, 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 to 12 uh, Eastern Time. You can find it at MaximumFun.org. It will be the grand finale for the whole Max Fun Drive. People are always requesting live video streaming. Jordan Jesse goes. So you can join us and, and have a chat with all the other Max Funsters who are there. We're going to have some really cool people stopping by. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll probably show my new dog on camera. Um, it's going to be a real blast. And look, here's the situation. 
This is the Max Fun Drive. We gave, we listed the amazing shit that you can get hmm. if you support this show and all the other shows at MaximumFun.org. Uh, DC was sitting over here flipping the fuck out over our uh, highly collectible nerd emergency kit. I'm thinking of ways to scrape together $35 a month. We've basically got the three best thank you gifts we've ever had at MaximumFun.org. And that's to say nothing of the opportunities to literally have me bake for you. I will bake you blondies at the $50 a month level. That's how deep this shit goes. What's the base of blonde? Is it butterscotch? Yeah, it's a butterscotch caramel type situation. Hmm. Yeah, it's this... like a brownie, but it's like a caramel <laughs> butterscotch brownie. On this side of the apocalypse, you can enjoy some fine podcasting and, and cookies. And on the other side of the apocalypse, you can establish dominion over the other mutants in the wasteland. How You can't lose. You exactly. Can't lose. You the, donate. The Judge John Hodgman's post-apocalyptic Justice Squad membership cost is nothing compared, as we said, to the price of becoming human chattel after... After the <laughs> after the mushroom when all your cloud. cute ironic tattoos will now be used as identifying marks in <laughs> human mutant slave trades. Maximumfun.org slash donate is where you go uh, to donate, and w- we welcome your feedback, of course, about the show. the The donation page will we're going to ask you like which which of our shows you listen to and what you like and that kind of thing. It's really your way of essentially casting a vote for. People making their own thing that someone can really care about instead of uh, some corporation making something that people are willing to tolerate well enough uh, to trick them into watching commercials for Doritos. Not that we wouldn't do a commercial for Doritos oh, if God, it came up. Oh, God, if anybody's up. listening from Doritos. Cooler Ranch. As long as it's, not, as long as it's cooler. Sure. It's the original Nacho Cheesy instead of Nacho Cheesier. I'm out. Uh, Jesse's board has a ranch knob, and it's set all the way to cooler. That's yeah. the only speed at yeah. which Jordan Jesse Co. operates. Standard cool cooler. <laughs> Standard ranch. <laughs> oh, that's the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> anyway. Making Ford cooler. <laughs> it's all at MaximumFun.org slash donate. Do it now. Don't, don't fuck around and wait for a week or whatever. Just do it. We want to get... 1,200 new donors during the Max Fund Drive. We've got people who've given you challenges. People who already donate have donated, uh, have donated per new donor. You can soak them. Uh, you can make them pay up the wazoo. That's what they want. That's what they're requesting for you by issuing you a challenge. I think we can do it. I think we can get 1,200 new donors during the Max Fund Drive, Jordan. Why wouldn't we? Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Young American. Jordan's at Jordan underscore Morris, and we'll be talking about the Max Fund Drive on Twitter. We encourage you. There's, there's a thread on the forum where you can take credit for your donation. Uh, we encourage you to take credit on Twitter. Um, we often, I often enjoy during the pledge drive retweeting people who make clever uh, requests for their friends to donate to the Max Fund Drive once they do or uh, clever explanations of why they did. Donate to the Max Fund Drive on Twitter. That was a big blast last year. Look, it's all MaximumFun.org slash donate. That's all our time for Jordan Jesse Go. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design. We'll see you at MaximumFun.org slash donate. And in two weeks or so on Sunday, March 13th at the Max Fund Drive live finale with me and Jordan streaming live on the internet. Thank you, DC Pearson. Thanks you for having. Thanks, thanks you for having me. <laughs> run out to the bookstore, run, don't walk, and get the boy who couldn't sleep and never had to. And uh, go check out Mystery Men, starring Mister- William H Macy. <laughs> uh, don't check out Mystery Team, starring Donald Glover. Jordan Morris presents Aubrey Plaza, and the rest yeah. of the Derek Comedy Crew.
Oh man, you know, uh, you know who's fantastic in that mystery team? Who's that? Uh, Bobby Moynihan. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, he's funny in that. Oh my gosh, I'm basically he was funny enough in that film, Mystery Team, that I'm on his team for life. I enjoy him. I enjoy his. I'm excited and happy that he's on the Saturday Night Live television show, and I enjoy his work there. Uh, but he could make ten shallow howls one day. And I would still be on his team, just like I'm still on Jack Black's team because of Tenacious D and, uh, uh, and High Fidelity. He could, his catchphrase could become, whoops, there it is. And I would still <laughs> be rooting for Bobby Moynihan because I love sometimes, that movie so Sometimes much. There, are, there, are, there are those iconic roles that give you a lifetime pass to just fucking phone it in until you die. Yeah. But he won't do that because he's a hard worker. No, he He's won't. tenacious. He's out there. He's sweating it. Sweating it out. Yeah, he's just sweating like, it out. Just like Jordan and Jesse. So you should, you should donate to them. You know, yeah. he was in When in Rome. We're he was not in When in Rome. Against him. He was in When in Rome, legitimately one of the most con- If you're a fan of convoluted things, Cra- yeah. you've got to see that When in Rome. <laughs> anyway, maximumfund.org slash donate, the place to go. We'll talk to you next week right here on Jordan Jesse Go.